Hello everyone and welcome to another beer review. Now today we're on a lager and uh, just nothing about I think it's B&M. I'm sure it was B&M. Or was it Home Bargain? Or is it cash? <laughs> I'm good, I'm, not, I'm doing well today. But anyway, I'm doing Mythos basically today, which is a, a Greek lager from that wonderful international brewery chain known as Carlsberg Marzen. So yes, so it's a 5% per volume, 500ml bottle, and uh, it's brewed in Greece, this one. And I think it was roughly £1.50 or just under £1.50 a bottle when I got it, which was at least over a month ago anyway, maybe longer. Yeah, but it's still in date, so that's not so bad. But, yeah. Crazy. So, what can I really tell you about this? Um, not really much, to be totally honest. Apart from, obviously, it's uh, it's owned by Carlsberg Marston. And it's brewed by them in, uh, in Greece. So, apparently... Beer is brewed and bottled in Greece, and that's really it. Um, ingredients, well, it seems to be mostly in French for some strange reason. But yeah, nothing really. In fact, is there anything that they so French have been getting there? Water, barley malt. Maltose, hop, yeast, nutrients. <laughs> there you go. So that's as far as you get. But of course, it's got a little handy pull cap. So let's pop it open. Ooh. Oh, shoot, it's looking on the fucking table. <laughs> Bastard. So my trousers down. Right. Let's get this poured. Oh. We'll see what this is like. I can't honestly remember if I've ever had this beer before. Um, I have spent quite a bit of time in Greece in the past with work, and most of the time it was just a case of give us a bit, get a bit of garbage, so yeah, a bit of garbage. You dripped all over my crotch there. So yeah. You know, just a case of you'd sit down at a table and say beer, not a beer, really. Didn't really matter what we were, as long as it was wet and cold. And uh, that was it. So, let's have a smell. Maybe a slight smell of cabbage, but I'm getting green, quite strong green smells. Getting very light malt. Um... Yeah, a little bit of cabbage smell. It must be slightly skunked because of uh, it being a green bottle. For people in the podcast, it was in a green bottle. And it was roughly about a finger and a half head when I poured it. It's a nice kind of golden lager. Kind of golden straw coloured. The effervescence looks okay. It's not too bad. But yeah. 
but there's not really much going on in the smell front, apart from kind of green and that kind of slight kind of cabbagey smell and a little hints of sweetness, kind of sugary. Not really getting any kind of lemony smells or anything like that. So let's see what it tastes like. Um, a bit dry in the finish there, I noticed. That's the first thing that stands out really out of all the flavours there is just as a kind of dryness to the, the finish, the aftertaste. So there is. Maybe a slight bit of lemon. In the mid-tongue, relaxing, really light. And that's really it. Um, apart from that, it's just kind of standard kind of lager flavours. But it appears not too bad, actually. It's not too bad. Maybe a little hint of bitterness there as well in the aftertaste. But again, very light. But the mouthful is quite nice. And uh, it, it, it appears not to be too bad. Just trying to get acclimatised at the back of the mouth. Because there was a wee flavour there that I wasn't really sure of, and as in, not in a positive way. Um, and uh, yeah, it seems to be, my glasses are dirty. And uh, yeah, I just was getting maybe a little hint of chemical there, but I'll have another drink in a minute and see if it's still there. Not a big fan of chemical flavours in my beer. Call me old fashioned. <laughs> uh, which would actually be quite a nice thing because most people call me. Anyway. Right, let's get cracked into this. I can see now, so it is better. It's quite light in flavours. Kind of lighter, which I can understand because a lot of beers that are brewed in kind of warmer European countries and the kind of more southern countries in Europe, the beers tend to be a bit lighter because of necessity. People want refreshment. People want a kind of a, a lighter beer that's not too heavy or not too kind of overpowering. You know, so... Good news, I can't get that, that, what I thought was maybe a chemical taste in the aftertaste isn't there, so I was either imagining it or basically my hadn't fully acclimatised, but that's a good thing anyway, because I just don't like that, it really puts me off. So that's not so bad, so let's kind of break down the flavours. Okay. 
like malt, a little bit of sweetness, good bit of grain at the start of the mouth. Sweetness kind of dissipates a bit in the mid-tongue. So it's very, very light in the mid-tongue. Grain still present, malts maybe slightly dissipated a bit. But I'm just getting slight kind of light lemon tones, just ever so slight. Little accents coming in there in the mid-tongue. And yeah, the mid-tongue just kind of jovially bobbles along with a little bit of light underlying sweetness, some grain, very light malt flavours and these uh, little kind of lemony accents. Then it's quite nice, quite pleasant. It's not got huge body to it, but I wouldn't be looking for huge body with it. For a lager I'm talking about body-wise, not body-wise as a kind of general ale. So I wouldn't be looking for too much body in this type of beer because of it being a, a more southern kind of European beer. Overall, it seems fine, very drinkable. And uh, the aftertaste, well... Um... Yeah, there's a slight acidity change in the aftertaste. There is a slight, there's a slightly kind of change there that's giving a kind of dry finish. But sometimes people refer to it as a crisp finish. But yeah, it's quite a dry finish. And uh, there's a little bit of bitterness there in the aftertaste. But yeah, there's a transfer from the mid-tongue to the aftertaste. The sweetness kind of really does kind of die off very quickly. Um, the grey hangs about, the malt's gone. The little lemony kind of accents have kind of progressed onto this kind of slightly acidic feel to it, which is giving you this kind of dryness as part of the finish. And uh, yeah, just a little hint of a bitterness as well. So it's quite a quick aftertaste and quite a quick finish. But it is a bit kind of dry, which which is fine. I don't see that as a problem. It tends to kind of when it gives you a kind of dry finish, it kind of lightens it up a bit. So again, it doesn't hang about. It's usually, a dry finish happens quite quickly. So yeah, it's not too bad from that. But yeah, it's not too bad actually. It's not my favourite lager or whatever, but. It's presentable. I'd rather have this in a Carlsberg, put it that way. Hey, Carlsberg. Really not a fan of it. And I've had Carlsberg in Denmark and things like that. And I just, as a beer, I just cannot take to. I just, just don't like the flavour profiles for a lager. I just think it's absolutely dreadful. Um... And I would, if people in fact turn around and say, all right, you know, I'll have a beer or what have you got, Carlsberg. I'll have a coffee then. I mean, it's like that. I'll go for a hot drink rather than drink that piss. I just do not like Carlsberg at all. I'm not a fan of it. And, uh, yeah, on that basis, maybe the same company, well, I'd rather have this beer than I would have a Carlsberg. That's just the reality of it. I just don't understand that... Uh, Why people go for it? I just honestly don't. I think it's one of the most overhyped beers 
it's just I just don't understand why people enjoy it. I honestly really don't. I think that's probably one of the reasons. Because um, people go on about, you know, Brexit and Remain and things like this, and oh, people that voted for Brexit must be racist and everything else. I just think a lot of them don't pretend to like certain uh, European beers. I think that's one of the reasons why they voted for Brexit. So, I mean, Carlsberg, Heineken, and uh, Stella fucking Artois. Then you can bring in Grolsch and uh, 1664 Cronenberg. I mean, you, there's just loads of beers that you can give you, which, in my view, um, every single one of them is uh, a good enough reason on their own um, for voting for, for Brexit. I mean, the problem was, though, that there was no guarantee that if you voted for Brexit that you wouldn't ever have to, to suffer these beers again. I mean... I think if it had have made that promise, I could have delivered that promise. I, I think the the margins would have been a lot higher for Brexit. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I'd love to go on uh, is it the, that Arsenal O'Brien show. That'd be quite good, wouldn't it? An LBC. And why did you go over Brexit? Uh, European beers. Uh, predominantly Cronenberg 1664, Carlsberg. <laughs> All that type of stuff. And see if he can fucking come back with that. I come back on that one, because I bet he couldn't. And if he tried to, he would just reinforce that he is an arsehole and doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh. <laughs> this is the kind of view that I look <laughs> Although, for remaining, you could turn around and see people could see, well, you could check beer, obviously German beer. Maybe not everybody's cup of tea, but... Uh, German beer is quite popular. Belgian beer. There you go, something else. So there is, from the beer world, some good reasons maybe to remain as well. Um, especially if you didn't, you know, if you did basically get Brexit, then you'd maybe lose access to these type of beers as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the Budweiser Budvar fraternity in the UK of, would have been gutted. But Brexit made no more Budvar. Oh, because uh, that seems to be a, like a kind of a, a teenager sleepover, teenage girl sleepover. So it is, you know, that kind of a group of uh, beer aficionados. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, I just think it's quite strange. I think basically if we kind of uh, picked our political allegiance in relation to what type of beers we prefer, I think we'd probably be more honest, <laughs> especially in today's world. And I think it'd be a good way. Um, which is quite interesting because uh, I was meaning to do a, a beer update, which I'm, I'm quite glad I didn't because something else came out in the beer news that I, I'm quite glad because if I did it this week, like I was planning to, but unfortunately I caught something and uh, I was unable to basically do it because I, I wasn't well. And uh, so, yeah. What happened is that uh, I'm quite glad that I wasn't in a good condition to actually do an update on the beer news because some other interesting beer news came out today. So I'll be doing it. So instead of doing an update on the August beer news, I'm going to obviously do a September beer news and I'm going to do it quite early because uh, some interesting beer news that was part of the update, but the beer news that came out today was quite interesting as well. And uh, 
Quite funny as well. There's a bit, there's a bit of irony to it, and I think you'd probably quite enjoy it when I, when I do it because uh, I just find it quite funny. But it does tend to kind of prove my attitude and a lot of other people's attitude towards craft beer and traditional beer and uh, how limited the craft beer market really is. And no matter how much people rave about it and cream their panties about craft beer. It isn't particularly sustainable because the market isn't really as big as what people think, especially in the UK. Maybe bigger in other countries, but like the US and things like that, but it's not as big in the UK as what people think. And the problem is though, the amount of breweries and the amount of beers and the prices of beers and everything else is just not sustainable. And of course, some of the kind of more prominent craft breweries are having to kind of uh, review their products and their business um, strategy. And one of the big ones has come out and saying that, well, no, we've had to kind of change our business strategy. So it's quite interesting to see how they've changed it. So that's an interesting one. So I'll be doing that quite soon. And I just find it quite interesting that uh, as, as plenty of people have been saying over the years, including myself, um, we're being proved right and it's it's that type of scenario it's a case of you can defy it, defy it, defy it for as long as you want at some point you're going to have to face up to reality and I think some of these uh, craft breweries are facing up to reality and uh, it's just strange why they just didn't find a balance I mean it's just a they went down this attitude of, yes, the craft beer market was starting to grow. People jumped on the bandwagon and just seemed to kind of expect it just to continue. And eventually the kind of more traditional beer drinkers would just automatically kind of flop over and start drinking craft beer. And uh, we're all saying, I think, it's not going to happen. not going to happen. Trust me, the craft beer fraternities are going to come over to us because we ain't going to go over to you because... There's too many good traditional beers. That's what it comes down to. And uh, a lot of the craft beer kind of products available in the UK are very one-dimensional. Well, there's a craft brewery. What are you going to release first? Mm, it's going to be an IPA, isn't it? It's going to be a pale ale or something like that. And yeah, sure enough. And of course, is it going to be citrusy? Oh, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Is it going to be hazy or non-hazy? You know, it's really like that. It's like fucking playing shitty bingo. With craft beer, you're thinking seriously, it's like one trick ponies. You need to start kind of uh, diversifying and have a, a far more robust business strategy than just, well, I'm going to bring out an IP and I'm going to make it citrus, but mine was going to be better than everyone else's because I said so. And I've got really not got any kind of money for marketing, and uh, eventually I'll probably have to sell my soul to one of the supermarkets. And I'll get it in there, but oh, I'll be making a pittance per can. You know, and you're thinking, seriously. And you think, well, yep, with that type of business strategy, you can see longevity there, can't you? You can see, oh, you're going to be there for years. No, we could be talking about you in a hundred years' time. No, we fucking won't. We're hardly talking about you in fucking three years' time. But this is the situation. I just find it quite strange. So the beer news is going to be quite 
strange. And we've also got a good one coming from America as well, which is a bit of a strange one. And it's a kind of a crossover of uh, the divide, basically, from uh, one side of recreation to another side of recreation. And that's a kind of a strange story with that one as well. So, anyway, that's something to look forward to. And because I'm feeling a bit better, I think maybe get them done and uh, get that out. But yeah, overall, this isn't a bad little lag. In case anybody had forgotten that was actually doing a review. But yeah. So what would I give this out of 10? Bloody flies. Um, yeah, it's not a bad lag. Price-wise, it's fine. Yeah, it's one of these kind of lighter southern European lagers that are brewed for drinkability and refreshment. And yeah, it seems to be ticking the boxes. It's 5%. It's affordable. Some nice flavours there. Again, quite light on them, but of course, you expect that for the market it's brewed for. And yeah, so what would I give this? I would give it, a, give it a five, five and a half. I'd give it a five, yeah. Give it a five. Good average, standard, lighter flavoured lager. Um, with some nice flavours and a good dry finish. So, yeah, I would recommend it being in the boat. And uh, it was either B&M or Home Bargain. I'm sure it was B&M. But if you're in there and you see it, then, yeah, you can have a couple and see what you think, yeah. Good sign. I would choose that over the likes of Cella Artois or Carling or Forsters and that because even even if it being at the lighter end, still a bit more flavour and just a, something a bit more interesting. And yeah, I would have said at least the money's not going to kind of uh, if you're buying it, the money's not going to a big kind of arsehole or kind of beer conglomerate, but then it's going to Carlsberg Marsden, so can't say that can I? But anyway, something like my fucking glass, isn't it? Jesus God. Dirty fuckers. What the fuck is that in the glass? I'm not going to blame. Jesus. Something stuck in the rib. So the first time I've heard that. Anyway, 5 out of 10, 5%, 5 ml bottle, roughly about £1.50 or slightly below £1.50. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Bye for now.